Welcome to the Italian Financial Advisor podcast, exploring all aspects of your financial life in Italy. I'm Andrew Lawford with the Spectrum IFA Group. Seeing as this is the first episode, I thought I'd take a moment to explain why I've decided to launch a podcast. My own personal preference for consuming information is through reading, but I do think that there are a couple of good arguments for using the podcast format. The first is that it allows you to be productive and consume information even when you're doing something like driving, or perhaps gardening, which a lot of us have been doing during this period of lockdown. The second is that using an interview format, which is what I'm going to be basing this podcast around, allows you to get further insight into the character and individuality of the person who's speaking, which I really think you struggle to do just by reading an article that they have written. Today, for example, we're going to be hearing from a couple of investment experts, each of whom will bring their unique perspective to the question of what it means to be investing today in a time of crisis, but also more in general, how do you adopt the correct attitude which will allow you to deal with the inevitable moments of difficulty when your emotions start to take hold? Before we get to today's experts, I thought I'd share a few ideas from a book that I've been reading recently, Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb. Taleb is an American-Lebanese writer who is most famous for having written a book called The Black Swan, which was published in 2007 and seemed to be quite prophetic about the financial crisis which was about to take place. In fact, the term black swan has become synonymous with those kinds of financial crises that seem to engulf the markets unexpectedly from time to time. In fact, you could probably say that we're in the middle of a black swan right now. There's no real question whether or not these events exist. They do occur. The question is, what are you going to do about them? How can you be prepared when they're completely unpredictable? If you think, for example, about the current crisis or maybe the events of 9-11, there wasn't really much of a chance that you could have predicted uh, what was about to happen. At the same time, having had the experience of past black swans, it would hardly be sensible to pretend that they don't exist. What we do need to do is make sure that we are prepared in order to handle whatever the markets might throw at us. Today's episode is essentially about this. Taleb prods us towards the right way of thinking about this by telling us not to be turkeys. For Taleb, the turkey is a creature who believes that the farmer is his best friend because every day he arrives with food and otherwise makes sure that he has all the necessities of life. As time goes by, the turkey becomes ever more convinced of the farmer's friendship, and statistically speaking, he's perfectly right to do so. The problem is that the turkey doesn't know that Thanksgiving is getting ever closer, and that the farmer's apparent friendship is really something else entirely. Sadly, the investment markets can easily create turkeys out of us investors by offering us apparently efficient solutions, which end up costing us a great deal of money because we haven't understood properly the risks involved and we don't understand the possible outcomes. A long period of calm will engender complacency at exactly the time when caution would be best. As far as risk is concerned, you could do well to remember the Italian expression la fame viene mangiando. You become hungry as you eat. What this hunger might lead to is to you being further exposed 
to a risk than you otherwise should be. And what will happen is when some unpredictable risk does manifest itself, and so you get your black swan event, then all of a sudden you have a strong emotional reaction, which might lead to you making a panicked reaction at precisely the wrong time. And this can be seriously harmful to your wealth. Some of the uh, research in this is quite interesting. And in fact, if anybody uh, enjoys reading about psychology, then I can only suggest that you get a copy of Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. Kahneman and Tversky were two Israeli researchers who discovered a series of biases in our ways of thinking that led, amongst many other things, to the invention of the concept of behavioural finance. One of the important biases they discovered was that of loss aversion, a mental bias which can be summed up in an example that Kahneman cites in his book. It has been observed that a single cockroach will completely wreck the appeal of a bowl of cherries, but a cherry will do nothing at all for a bowl of cockroaches. The negative will nearly always trump the positive in most situations in life, and in finance that is especially so because the pain you will feel from a given loss is far greater than the pleasure derived from an equivalent gain. In simple terms, my unhappiness at losing €100 Euros is far more intense than the pleasure at winning €100. Euros. So I hope this has set the scene for what we're going to be talking about today. I decided that it would be a good idea to listen to the voices of some anti-Turkeys. The first of these anti-Turkeys is none other than Warren Buffett, the great investor. Now, just to be clear, I didn't actually interview Warren Buffett for this podcast, but recently Berkshire Hathaway, the holding company for, for Warren Buffett's investments, held its annual general meeting. And this event, which has become known as the Woodstock of Capitalism, normally attracts tens of thousands of people. Obviously, this year, times are a bit tough, and so the stadium that they normally use in Omaha, Nebraska, which is where Berkshire and Buffett are based, was completely empty. But it was webcast, and you can watch the whole five hours of it, if you like, on YouTube. I've taken a few extracts from some of the answers that Buffett gave to questions which were posed to him, and also some general comments that he gave about the markets. If you want to get an introduction to Buffett's way of thinking, then the best thing you can do is to read a book called The Intelligent Investor, which was published in 1949 by Warren Buffett's mentor, Benjamin Graham. He makes reference during some of the comments that you're going to hear to some of the ideas that Graham gave him. So just in case you were thinking that life must have been a lot better during lockdown for the rich and famous, let's listen to some of Buffett's comments about what he's been up to. It's been seven weeks since I've had a haircut. It's seven, been seven weeks since I, more than seven weeks since I put on a tie or anything. I've been just a question of which sweatsuit I wear. So who knows, uh, who knows how we come out of this? So there you go. The virus really is a great leveller. Even Warren Buffett hasn't been having haircuts, has been spending all of his time in tracksuits, and, who knows, maybe he's even been wondering if he actually has to change his underwear every day. Next, let's hear how he answers a question about whether now might be the right time to buy stocks. 
Keep in mind that this was recorded at the beginning of May. I'm not recommending that people buy stocks today or tomorrow or next week or next month. I think it all depends on your circumstances, but you shouldn't buy stocks unless you expect, in my view, you, you expect to hold them for a very extended period and you are prepared financially and psychologically to hold them the same way you would hold a farm and never look at a quote and never, uh, never pay it. You don't need to pay attention to them. I mean, the main thing to do, uh, and you're not going to pick the bottom and you're not going to, nobody else can pick it for you or anything of the sort. You've got to be prepared to, when you buy a stock, to have it go down 50% or more and be comfortable with it as long as you're comfortable with the holding. And I pointed out, uh, I think a year, maybe two years ago in the annual report, uh, well, just the one before this most recent one, I, I pointed out that there have been three times in Berkshire's history when the price of Berkshire stock went down 50%, three different times. Now, if you owed it on borrowed money, mm. you, you, know, you could have been cleaned out. Uh, there wasn't anything wrong with Berkshire uh, when those three times occurred, but if you're going to, if you're going to look at the price of the stock uh, and think that you have to act because it's doing this or that, or somebody else tells you, well, I mean, you know, how can you stay with that when something else is going up or anything? You really, you've got to be in the right psychological position. And frankly, some people are not really careful. Some people are more subject to fear than than others. It's it it, it it's like, it's like the virus. It strikes uh, some people with uh, much greater ferocity than 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 others. And and Fear is uh, fear is something I've really never felt financially, but but uh, I don't think Charlie's felt it either. But uh, some people can handle it psychologically. If you can't handle it psychologically, then you really shouldn't own stocks because you're going to buy and sell them at the wrong time. So there are a number of points here that need to be elaborated on. Note that he mentions right from the start that the decision to buy stocks must be based on your individual circumstances. That is precisely the job that you can expect someone in my role to do, discussing who you are and what you need before helping you to make an informed decision on how to invest. The second important point is that once you have decided on an investment program, you must be psychologically prepared for what it entails. And again, it's my role to make sure that you follow through on what you have undertaken to do and especially that you don't fall prey to fear in times of market stress. In this context, understanding what you have invested in is the way to defeat fear, which is an emotion that can easily arise due to a lack of knowledge. Buffett and his business partner, Charlie Munger, whose name he mentions in the clip you have heard, do not feel fear in their investments, mainly because they know what they're getting themselves into. This means that they can also handle what for most people would be extreme volatility. Let's keep in mind what Buffett said about Berkshire Hathaway stock going down over 50% three times during its 55-year history. This was the price that he and his investors had to pay in order to generate the remarkable average return of 20% per annum over that period, which, to put it in context, is twice the return that you would have earned from the S&P 500 index with dividends included. He also makes an important point about not trying to time the market. 
So when someone tells you that they know what will happen in the markets over the short term, ask them what they know that Warren Buffett doesn't. The next expert that I hope will help us to cast away our turkey-like behaviour is Robert Walker, who has been working in the City of London for about 25 years and has seen all the good, the bad and the ugly over that period. I talked to him recently in the hope that he could shed some further light on how we should approach our investments and manage our emotions. I'll be publishing the full interview with Rob separately, and I encourage you to listen to it in order to understand not only his general approach, but also how he invests for people with differing time horizons. He quoted a recent article by a UK broker that tried to put our current COVID situation in context. I think it's helpful to remind ourselves of the fact that humanity has overcome many crises in the past and has always managed to come back stronger. Let's hear what he has to say. If you, as you flick through the annals of the most innovative 200 years the world's ever seen, you find atrocity after atrocity, to name a handful, the Napoleonic War, the American Civil War, Crimean War, the cholera epidemic, the San Francisco earthquake, World War I, the Spanish flu, the Great Depression, World War II, Cold War, Vietnam War, the Persian Gulf War. Yet, in spite of the unimaginable suffering, civilization has progressed at an unprecedented rate. Economic output per person has increased by a thousand percent on average. And electricity, telephones, cars, computers, clean water, penicillin, airlines, and so much more have become part of our language and lives. So, um, I mean, that quote is an interesting fact that clearly uh, these are unprecedented times. But I think if you were to go back through each of those events, you could say uh, you could speak in a similar fashion. So clearly human beings are our ability to innovate and to to survive are, are quite key metrics in this. And ultimately, uh, we will find a solution to uh, the COVID crisis. Now, this is precisely the perspective we need when we are worrying about the here and now. This too shall pass. One can but imagine what some of the crises he mentioned would have been like if we had had social media at the time. It seems to me that the current echo chamber of commentary does little to help us as we try to keep our emotions in check and think about the greater scheme of things. We also discussed the concept of volatility as a measure of risk, and I mentioned the fact of Berkshire Hathaway's 50% stock price falls. Rob commented on this and also added an interesting example of his own. Volatility is one measure of risk, but there are many others. And uh, some might say the risk should be defined as a permanent loss of capital. Um, and I guess that's the key point, is that Warren Buffett uh, in his Berkshire Hathaway investment company has no fixed time horizon. So he can afford to take a multi-decade view uh, with regard to shorter-term market volatility, whether that's over one, three, or five years. Um, and it's interesting you mentioned that it, it halved in value uh, a few times. There's also uh, an interesting example with Amazon, which is uh, the world's 
leading one of the largest companies in the world, clearly a beneficiary of the COVID virus online shopping trend. Um, and that's grown 100,000% since it listed on the market. But along the way, investors have seen it fall 95% from peak to trough once, over 50% six times, and 15% 100 times, um, and it's fallen 6% in a day, nearly 200 times. So to earn that 100,000% growth since you listed, you've had to endure um, a huge amount of volatility along the way. So if you had the luxury of not having to have your capital back, um, you can, just as Warren Buffett does, I think you can ride through those uh, periods of volatility. Next, he discussed volatility in the stock of a company he used to work for. 2003, we saw the war in Iraq. Um, interestingly, where some of the shares that I owned for companies I worked for in the financial sector at the time, uh, this was Invesco, Perpetual, um, fell from $18 to $3 at the time, from the highest point when uh, the US invaded uh, Iraq to the lowest point, but they bounced back very quickly. Now imagine for a moment if Rob had reacted to this volatility by selling at the low point in the market. Of course, he didn't, and the reason is that he knew that his investment was fundamentally sound. I asked him how he manages to maintain his calm resolve even in the teeth of a crisis like the one we are currently living through. Here's what he had to say. By focusing on quality, you tend to be more... Um, have a, a safer mentality in terms of remaining invested for when uh, markets do recover. Uh, and obviously, they have recovered historically. It has taken some time, more than others. Um, this time, uh, I think, is unprecedented. And we haven't had this in my investment career. And, and I would imagine most uh, of my peers across the industry haven't really experienced this sort of setback. Um, and the path of, ahead of us is uncertain, but um, that's why we have uh, a broad spread of assets for our clients, not just in equities, in sovereign bonds that uh, act as a safe haven. Uh, other examples might be gold um, and green energy funds have been uh, reasonably attractive. So these are solar and wind at a time when clearly the world is um, uh, conscious of uh, carbon emissions and uh, global warming. So those sorts of characteristics, I think, mean that whilst fear does uh, is an attribute uh, of everybody, um, it is something that by limit trying to limit that by focusing on quality um, that I have found um, is, in my personal experience, has been the most important characteristic going into a crisis and coming out at the other side. So his peace of mind comes from trusting his investment process to find quality companies in which to invest and being diversified, what Rob describes as holding a broad spread of assets. These are the survivors, the ones that will be there once the crisis is over. Because if you think about it, we aren't likely to be facing the end of the world at the moment. So if you hold quality investments, you can be confident of being well-placed for when the crisis is over. Oh, and by the way, if we are in actual fact facing the end of the world, I think we can agree 
that our investment portfolios are the least of our worries. Final comment from Rob relates to finding the resolve that is necessary for investing in times of crisis. We can all see, with the benefit of hindsight, what the right time to invest was. So try keeping these thoughts in mind when the market next takes a bad turn. So the market tends to drop when uh, nerves and fear are at their highest. And clearly, you never quite know the bottom when you're going through the fall of markets. But uh, I would say um, uh, the each crisis brings a degree of opportunity. Um, it does take nerves of, of steel to invest when market fears are at their highest. And as you say, uh, newspapers sell uh, bad news. And perversely, when we are uh, feeling our most optimistic tends to be when the economy is doing very well. And that seems like a good time to invest. Actually, uh, the time the perfect time is 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 doing again what Warren Buffett has said, which is be greedy when people are fearful and vice versa. Um, so I wouldn't say this year. I think the path ahead of us is genuinely different this time in terms of being unprecedented. Um, if we do have a second wave of the virus, or if uh, the realization takes hold that the level of economic um, activity is significantly um, lower than we were last year, it could be that we're in for another bout of volatility. Um, should that happen, I feel that there will be some opportunities ahead in terms of buying good quality companies that perhaps are exposed to more of the economic cycle than the defensive assets that I've spoken about that we're currently invested. Um, so uh, my philosophy here is to keep an eye on the headlines, um, look at the signals that might uh, happen in terms of um, the market going through a period of, of another low point. And perhaps that presents an opportunity over five to 10 years. But um, it, it's, I think personally, it's important to avoid being um, looking at a view on two months as to a company you might think is distressed um, and would recover because e equally uh, it could go lower. So that wraps it up for this episode. Thank you to Robert Walker for his time and please look out for the full interview with him which will be published over the coming days. The next episode is going to be about the use of trusts in Italy. If you have a trust or are thinking of setting one up, you won't want to miss this one. In the meantime, feel free to get in touch with me. Just Google Andrew Lawford Spectrum. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now.